you everybody for being here today. Like they said, my name is Samantha Priestenson. I am the president of the Board of Estimate Taxation, which in our city is responsible for bonding for public infrastructure as well as for setting the maximum tax level, uh, which we did just set at six and a half percent. And what's important to note is who's going to bear the brunt of the property tax increase for what we are getting in return. In order of effect, that is wards four, then five, followed by ward one. If you know anything about the demographic of our city, then you know that wards four and five are predominantly black and brown people. And so when we're saying things publicly as government officials, and I am one of them, so I also am held accountable like everyone else and should be. When we're saying things like we want to bridge the home ownership gap, when we're saying things like that we want to um, close the class gap for black people and rebuild the middle class, when we're saying that we believe in land back, that requires action, not just words. But I will also say that even in a city budget, there's only so much that we can do. And I find it interesting that we don't hold the county. We're right across the street from the county. We haven't been over to hold the county elected officials accountable. They have a sizable amount of money. One of the things that hasn't been talked about is that many people come here for refuge to Minneapolis because there's access. There's access to transportation. There, even though the resources are not great, there is still access to resources that are very difficult to get when you're out in a suburb in some other places. Minneapolis, downtown specifically, is the economic driver for the entire state. So when people are criticizing Minneapolis for our progressivism, for our stance on some of these social issues, and a lot of these economic issues and our public health issues, they fail to understand that when this city isn't vibrant, and it won't be if the people that are the most marginalized and the most affected are not prioritized, that that means it's not good for anybody. And we can't continue to build fences as a solution. You see there's a fence there. You see that now they're trying to build a fence at the U.S. Bank Stadium, which by the way, we're on the hook for paying for until 2054. $17 million in taxes paid out last year, this, this year. June, we started paying back on the stadium and it's going to increase over the years. There is a very large tax burden that's placed on people in Minneapolis and Minneapolis is a growing, diverse community. And the very people that are trying to pull themselves up by the proverbial bootstraps are the ones that are being strapped with the cost. They're not getting the benefit. So we can't just continue, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not going against what my, what my fellow coalition members behind me are saying, but we can't just continue to call out Mayor Fry and any council member of any area. We have to take the fight to where the money is. We gotta learn how to follow the money. Hennepin County is, has a very large purse, and they are sitting on a lot of money. Two years ago, when I did a hunger strike with Nadine Little and other women from the women's encampment at Brackett Park, that whole action was not performative. I wasn't chained to that woman's house for a week without eating for fun. This was simply to get this woman to have a meeting with the unhoused women so that they could hear what it was that they needed. All of that just simply for that. And the county never did end up giving that money, but the state actually end up, ended up doing it. So there's other partners that have access to a larger amounts of money that we are not getting. This year, the city of Minneapolis isn't even getting the funding from the state that they normally get because of cuts. Those calculations are redone every 10 years and we're moving into year 10. But there's a lot of funding that people don't know about because it is the responsibility of elected officials to perform civic engagement. That is one of the main reasons that I'm out here other than support. People have to know how the system works that's failing. 
budget is. They have to know where their voice can be heard. They have to know what committees and other things that they have access to to actually be a part of change that actually leads to sustainable differences in the way that the system works. So we fail them as elected officials when we're not out there letting them know about the budget and what's the timing and how does that system work and how can you get involved. And perhaps these are some places where you might want to engage. Some would call it disrupting, I would call it engaging. Emails and phone calls are left unanswered. So I'm standing here as an elected official to also say that these colleagues of mine have got to be held accountable as well. And we can't continue to just keep putting the burden on the city. There are larger partners, once again, and we have to start holding them accountable. President Green, Commissioner Green of Hennepin County, we need answers. We need to know why you're sitting on this money and not showing up in coalition and a party, not just with the community members, but with your other elected officials. You bypass a lot of the heat that you should be you should be getting the majority of the smoke, actually. Because when we have to deal with these things at the city level, it comes from our property taxes that increase at a much larger rate than they were at county level taxes. And so that's an important factor. We've got to learn how to follow the money, and we have to make sure that we're showing up in the right places to hold the right people accountable. That doesn't mean that we're finger-pointing. It means that we're asking you to come to the table, the one that we're building together as a community. I also would like to say that there's a lot of really good work that happens out here that people will never know because people that are building coalition outside the government systems are villainized and they are criminalized. And there are people out here day and night feeding, doing laundry, bringing supplies, taking people to appointments, right? bringing them in for showers, taking them to places where they can get that done. If you look at the city of Minneapolis' website for what they do about encampments, the very first sentence is that encampments are illegal. Well, let's break that down. The people within the encampments themselves are not illegal. They're human beings. They are our neighbors. People are one emergency away from being able from losing their house. In fact, if it wasn't for the state of Minnesota program that gives that gives funding to help people after COVID to save their house, I would have lost mine. As a first-time homebuyer, as a veteran of the United States, losing my housing as well. We're all one emergency away from living in a tent, and that tent being our home. One emergency, that's all it takes. You see there's enforcement behind us now, for what? Is it illegal to pass out supplies? Is it illegal to use our First Amendment right, the one that I fought for? I don't think so. It's time to stop fooling people and focus on what the actual issue is. It also says that they siphon electricity and water. Water is a human necessity. Why don't we have public water fountains? Why don't we have public showers? Why don't we have public bathrooms? Why don't we have public charging stations? These things don't just benefit people that are unhoused and unsheltered. That benefits everyone. How many times have you left a nightclub and your phone died and you can't call a lift and you're not from here and you don't have a way to charge your phone and now you're in a dangerous situation? That could be anybody. That could be anybody. It's not specific to unhoused. They talk about the sharks, the sharks container. There's no sharks container for people to put needles that they find, whether you're the one that used it or the one that found it. Does it matter? Why don't we have public sharks containers? Why don't we have safe use sites? Why don't we have clean needle exchanges? Why don't we have warming shelters throughout the city? There are things that we can do with the money that would actually benefit everyone. Not the $50,000 bulldogs. Not, the, not what we call the, the $50,000 barbecue. 
little scraps and grants to communities to do a little bit of work. And really all you can end up doing is starting $50,000 barbecue. There's a reason that that joke, which isn't really that funny, goes around. So again, this isn't, a, this isn't an aggressive call to point a finger because I also hold a piece of responsibility. That's why I voted no for that 6.5% increase because we're not getting a benefit and it's being that money is being extracted from the very community that on the other side of people's mouths, they're saying that that's the community that they're trying to uplift and build. We're also extracting that money from that very community that's suffering as a result. We are paying for the abuse with our tax dollars. And it has got to stop. Stop the sweets. These are human stop beings. The These are our neighbors. These are our students in Minneapolis public schools. These are our elders. These are real human beings. And their humanity and their dignity should not depend on how much money they make or don't make. So it's time to actually put take, take this call to action and take it to where it goes and tell them that they need to run us the check because in the end, they are running us our own money. These are our taxes that we are, that is paid for these programs, whether they work or not. It is our money that is funding. And so we have an absolute right to demand better for our money. We have an absolute right to expect better than what we are getting. And we have an absolute right to be treated with dignity and humanity and understand that it's not the issue. We need to answer the right problem. People being unhoused is the problem. The systems that exist that make it so that housing is commodified is the problem. We gotta decommodify housing. Housing was not meant for somebody to make a quick buck and to be a slumlord. So we have to look at this as an ecosystem. Public housing hasn't been funded in Minneapolis for six years. We've had a public housing levy that's been left unfunded. That's part of my priority of getting that funded and working with those that are willing to work with me. And even if you're not, I'm going to work anyway. The work has got to get done. We have got to get serious. We have got to start having the right conversations. And I've heard a lot of, uh, a lot of criticism around distraction. This is not a distraction and this is not performance. This is how we make sure that we get the word out and how we come together in coalition so that we are civically engaging with each other so that we can exchange information, we can exchange resources, and that we can provide love and support for one another.